Welcome to the Teacher Interview Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Creasel. I work as Director of Innovation and Instructional Support in Fullerton School District, and every week we sit down and get to know a teacher better. My goal is to learn what drives and guides teachers, especially when venturing into that risky territory of trying something new. Join me. Today on the Teacher Interview Podcast, we spend time with Yasmin Chavez. She teaches at Nicholas Junior High School in Fullerton, California. So welcome, and thanks for joining us. Yes. And um, so... To start out with, why don't you tell me a little bit about, like, how did you end up becoming a teacher? What was that journey like? Um, well, I was 10 years old when I knew I wanted to be a teacher. For real? So, yeah, I was like 10 <laughs> and I was like, I'm gonna be a teacher. Um, my dad's a teacher, so I knew I wanted to be one. Um, Go back, how, how did, what did you see? Were you like looking at him as a teacher, as a role model? Um, I don't know. Okay. It was just kind of, it was something I knew he would talk about how he was able to help students and that's something that interested me. I loved helping people mm. and being able to help them with their education and just being a part of kids' lives that just interested me. Okay. And where was this? Where did you grow up? Um, I grew up in Whittier, California. Okay. Yeah. And um, I was actually homeschooled, which is funny okay. so <laughs> yes I was like homeschooled but I wanted to be a teacher in a normal classroom <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I was a weird kid there's probably uh, something behind that <laughs> who, who knows <laughs> actually I really liked being homeschooled but yeah I don't know <laughs> um so yeah so I um went to college and then um Wait, practice. that's a, lo a big gap. Oh, big gap. Between well, 10 and college, were there ways that you explored it? Or? Yeah, through my church, I was able to teach, like, Sunday school oh, okay. and um, help in um, just, like, nursery and things like that, and I really enjoyed it, so yeah. <laughs> I knew that's what I wanted to do. Uh -huh. um, then I went to college, and I got my degree, and... Um, I went actually into preschool first. I taught preschool for five oh, years. Wow. Five years? Yeah. So, yeah. You must have liked it? I did. I really enjoyed it. It was fun. Um, and it just kind of gave me a little break between getting my credential and everything like that. So, um, I got my really like artsy, crafty kind of side from being a preschool <laughs> teacher. Um, lots of glitter, lots of um, different ways to do things. I learned the through preschool <laughs> um, and um, after that I just there's like a huge pay discrepancy with between a preschool mm. teacher and an elementary school teacher mm. so I decided to go get my degree mm -hmm. and um, yeah I got my master's and I started teaching here right after I'm Fullerton right after my student teaching like the same school Valencia okay. Park yeah um, I was student teaching in second grade and then okay. I got hired as a fifth grade teacher and I was uh, there for two years. And then um, Jason came and was like, oh, I think you'd be good at this. <laughs> and uh, he encouraged me to go um, learn Java. And I learned Java. <laughs> OK, uh, so back up a second. So Jason Chong said, I think you'll be good at like programming? Yeah, basically programming. Because I was, I was in robotics. I was helping with the okay. robotics club. Okay. And he just saw that, and um, Richard Wu also okay. saw that, and 
So I started taking classes for Java. Now, is there something you saw, or did you just take their word for it? Um, I enjoy computer programming. I like okay. I like robotics, and I enjoy all of those things. So I chose. I, well, I took their advice, and I said, "Yeah, I think I would enjoy that because I do like working with computers." That's awesome. So yeah, so I started taking those classes, and then Robin found out, and that's why I met Nicholas now. <laughs> She's, uh, she asked if I would be willing to take over the Java course okay. there, and. And that's a, the, Nicholas is one of our schools with the computer science pathway. Yeah, so they teach, uh, or I, they teach, I teach AP <laughs> computer <laughs> science, and uh, two, no way. Yeah, so two of my students. I already knew that, but I'm yeah. acting surprised <laughs> because AP computer science at a junior high. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, and uh, two of the students passed last year, which oh, was even more awesome. Yeah, because yeah, I I didn't think it was <laughs> I was really <laughs> nervous. <laughs> like I, <laughs> when I was looking at them take the test, I could see them sweating, and I was oh like, Oh my gosh! Oh gosh! <laughs> I was like, Please God, let please, them pass. <laughs> please let them pass. <laughs> yeah. So two of them did wow. pass, which was really awesome. I was uh, yeah. really proud of them. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's I mean that's. I don't know what I was doing at junior high, but it wasn't computer science. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. I was That was not on my radar at all yeah. in junior high. So uh, because you didn't have that on your radar as a junior high school student, what's the difference when you look at them where you're like, oh, you can do it? Because you didn't have that model necessarily. Right. Um, I just kind of, I believe that any student can be good at anything as long as they're willing to try. Mm. So if... A student comes to me and says, I think I like this, I'll give them a chance because any, to me, if I can pick it up, just coming out of it from nowhere, <laughs> um, anybody can. And um, I tell the kids that all the time, any, if I can do it, you can. You oh, can just, all you have to do is try. And what's their response? Because typically a student will look at their teachers older, wiser, more experienced, mm -hmm. um, uh, like almost a different <laughs> class of person. <laughs> yeah. So what, how do they respond to you when you say that? Um, I think they're taken aback at that moment, uh, thinking, oh, she's supposed to know everything. And mm. I approach them as, I tell them, I approach that idea by saying, like, no, guys, that's not the truth. I'm not perfect. And we're going to practice this together. And we're going to learn this together. And mm. if it's something I don't know, we're going to get our hands dirty together. And um, at first, a lot of them were like, uh, you should know everything and you should just be able to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, and um, I, it was really cool to be able to work with them, work alongside them. Um, one of my students, Jeffrey Tran, for instance, like. Yeah, I, I met yeah, Jeffrey, Jeffrey at a, a Robot Nation last Yeah, year. he's awesome. I love him. Uh, he and I were able to work through his app together and just talk through a lot of the problems. and get frustrated together and work through those ideas together. And um, I think it was a good learning experience for both of us at that point. It was <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> I really enjoyed wow. it. So it became more of a collaborative environment rather mm. than me just spilling information into them. So that it was a, it was great. I really liked it. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's one like technique like um, sort of empowering students saying, "Hey, you can, if I can do this, you can do it. Mm -hmm. um, what do you do when there's like resistance? Like where a student is like really not going with, with you on that journey. 
like yeah. the tough tough students to draw in um to be honest I haven't really hit too many of those because they're super excited to be in coding <laughs> um, for on the coding aspect but yeah. for the science aspect because I also teach science as okay. well yeah. um, I kind of give them a little bit of space I, at that point if they're fighting me and being really resistant I say okay so it's really your grade at this point if mm. we're gonna be doing this assignment or not so I step back and then I go and have fun with the other kids and mm. after a while they see that we're having a ton of fun over here on the side that everybody's trying yeah. and uh, they start to slowly like walk over <laughs> come on in and join in on mm. the fun and get their hands dirty and fail and fail I, I always tell them let's epically fail because it's just <laughs> great let's, let's, let's really mess up and let's mess up together um, so I don't know they they have a lot of fun with yeah that. so <laughs> one of your techniques is like is in just let them see you enjoying it mm -hmm. and don't put the pressure on them and sort yeah. of it's like a um, a pull technique rather than like push them and force them right you're like trying to draw them in because of their own curiosity or yeah because I mean we're making rockets and roller coasters in my class <laughs> <laughs> I mean at some point you're gonna get excited about something that what we're doing what type of science is this um, it, well it's eighth grade science but we have a uh, physics integration so oh. we get to do a lot of roller coasters, hot air balloons, ro rockets. Cool. So uh, at some point, you might get bored at some point in the class, but you're going to get drawn back in because yeah. we're doing just really awesome stuff. Yeah, and yeah. I like that mindset of just saying, let's try to fail really <laughs> awesomely. <laughs> yeah. Let's just go for it. Um, that has to sort of um, help them lower their defenses about like mm -hmm. things students often feel, I'm supposed to have the right answer. I'm supposed to yeah. you know, get the perfect score on the test. Um, are there any other um, ways that you encourage that mindset um, besides saying it? Um, uh, what are some other ways? I fail epically with them. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll, we'll build something or I'll be like getting the rocket on the launcher and it'll just not go on <laughs> right and it'll fall and it, it'll be my fault and I'll just own it. I'm just like, oh, well, <laughs> there you go. We messed up and it's okay, let's try again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I try to myself fail epically, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so just demonstrate. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> and it sounds like you, I mean, you bring it out explicitly. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I did this, I should have done that, and you just talk through it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Do you have any, um, of students who tend towards perfectionism and like they're trying to um, be that perfect student sometimes that's a gate trait um, what yeah. do you do in those cases uh, with the perfect students um, I have one that comes to mind where it was just debilitating to him mm. where he just like couldn't move past things and it was a lot of having that conversation with him it's it really is okay to fail mm. and um, you know, it was it was such a like a weird situation where he was just where everybody else was like okay with failing and okay with missing assignments and this little boy he just like he couldn't get past it. It would yeah. just be like tears and and um, I don't know. Uh, I I can't really tell you or pinpoint that moment exactly that chain helped him start to change that idea. Um, yeah. It, and the one I'm thinking about is preschool, actually. Mm. It's a preschool student. Yeah. He was just so, like, he was just crying because it just 
wasn't working out. Yeah. And it was a lot of time, just a lot of me just encouraging him and saying, it's okay, we're gonna fail. You're gonna mess up, you're gonna get dirty. And just giving him hugs, because you can when they're preschoolers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know what I would do now as a junior higher, yeah. a junior high teacher. But yeah. for him, at least, it was a lot of me just really encouraging him, giving him hugs when he needed it. Yeah. But he was four. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. He was four. Okay, so I have some quotes. I interviewed um, your sister, oh. um, <laughs> and I asked, asked them a series of questions. But mm -hmm. I'm going to pick one in in particular. Um, this was the bonus question where she could tell me anything she wanted mm -hmm. that she thought might help me do well in the interview. And her quote was that you try to find the worthiness in kids even when they can't find it themselves. Mm -hmm. And what do, you, what do you make of that? What does that mean to you? How do you see that playing out? Um, I think a lot of times our students don't see themselves as any, I don't know how to explain this, like they just, they don't think that they're where they're supposed to be or they're mm -hmm. not great or they, they're they not as pretty as the next person or whatever it may mm -hmm. be. And I like to look at them and say like, you are who you are and you're great because of that and you're gonna be amazing at your piece, like your little niche, whatever it may be, you're gonna be great at that. Where mm. everybody else might not be great at that. Mm. And um, I try to communicate that to the kids and I think maybe that's what she's trying to say. Like, I really do see these kids as amazing individuals and they all have something really incredible to offer the world, whether they see it or not. They really do, yeah. and I try to communicate that to them. Yeah, how do you how do you tie that into um, innovation or risk taking or trying something new? If if you believe they're amazing individuals, then how do you use that to get them to take risks? I think it's like constant affirmation throughout the class. Guys, we're gonna mess up together. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect, but it's okay, and when we get it right, we're in a party. Like, it's gonna, it's gonna, when we finally get it to work with apps even, like when that app finally starts to work and it's starting to come together, we just like take a moment and just like, okay, we just, everybody needs to pause. We need to clap right now. This is working, thank God. It's just super excitement in that moment. Um, I try to praise things immediately. I try to notice little things for the kids, the students. I don't know. That's great. That's yeah. great. Um, okay, I want to visit a couple other of uh, these quotes. <laughs> um, so your principal, I interviewed Robin, uh -huh. and I said, what one word would you use to um, stand for um, Yasmin? And she said, engaged. What, what do you think that means coming from her? What does she see? <laughs> and she said it like engaged and she didn't even pause like a second. Oh, this is, I don't, <laughs> I, maybe engaged in what I do because I do really enjoy, do whatever I do, I want to do it 100%. Mm. Um, so whether it be 
teaching coding or teaching science or decorating my classroom or helping another teacher make learning scales or whatever it is, I want to be 100% present mm. in that moment and I want to help in any way that I possibly can. Mm. And I'm not hesitant to jump in and help. I don't know if that That's great. is what she yeah. means by engaged. I mean, <laughs> there is no right or wrong answer. It's just, it's just getting your take on it. Um, there is a moment, one of the questions was uh, a moment when they see you being uniquely you in a way that no one else could be. And so I asked um, your sister that question. And so she brought up um, a moment this past March and she said that uh, you took her for graduation to Disney World. Do you remember that? Yes. <laughs> and it was specifically, first she just sort of commented on, it was your first time alone on a trip together, maybe like just the two of you yeah. off, you know, going on this trip. And um, she was talking about a ride that you were on and you're on the ride together called the People Mover. And she just looked at you and like, there was this moment where you're just laughing. And that was like <laughs> her, like, moment of you being uniquely you is just she said you have this loud contagious laugh oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know evidence right there uh, what do you think about that like how, how does that way of being in the world help you or what does it contribute to your teaching um i think i uh, i don't know i've been told it's kind of naive but I like to view the world as a good place, mm -hmm. even though it is, there is a lot of stuff that's wrong. Obviously, yeah. there's a lot of things that need to be worked on, but <clears throat> there's like an innate, there's like this goodness that's underlining things. If you look hard enough, mm -hmm. you can see just happiness. Like at Disney World, you see these <laughs> parents just happy to be with their kids, and you, I, I laughed because I kept seeing parents looking at the kids instead of the, the outside. They're looking at their children's happiness, and they're oh, they're finding happiness in their children's happiness. Yeah. Anyway, it's just like I I like that. Just I don't know. I think that there's just I don't know goodness. That's good. That's yeah. that's a great answer, and it's a real distinct perspective and it's almost a philosophy I mean it is a philosophy is is you're choosing to see the world or maybe it's it's more than more deeper than a choice is you just you almost can't help but see the world um, in that like totally positive way um, like with faith that there's something good out there that um, people are good and good things are gonna happen um, and is it true you have a loud contagious laugh Yes, I've been told. <laughs> my, been told. my staff, the staff, like at both of my jobs, have said, "Oh, we know when you're coming because we can hear you <laughs> laughing through the hall." I, was, <laughs> I didn't know my laugh was that loud until they told me that. <laughs> All right, so we have this another moment shared. This was your principal, Robin. She said the moment she thinks of when she thinks of you being uniquely you is um, before the AP test, there was a meal or something like that? You wanted a meal for the students? Oh, yeah. Yeah, t t tell me about that. Um, I knew that the test was gonna be hard, and I knew that sometimes not all of them were gonna get a good meal before they got to take that mm. test. 
And so um, I decided to go buy a dozen eggs and pancake mix <laughs> and just invite the kids an hour before the test and let's just eat breakfast together Aww. and let's That's get full cute. and let's just laugh together before you take this really hard test. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just do, let's just get our stomachs full and uh, just be lighthearted before that happened. Yeah. yeah. What an interesting way of, I mean, you not only like quote unquote found the good, but you like made that moment good. You know, yeah. it's a very stressful yeah. <laughs> situation. You're about to take a, you know, multi-hours, three, four hours Yeah, probably. it's a three or four hour yeah. test, yeah. And so you're like, well, before we do that, we're gonna enjoy a meal together. Yeah. So it's like a way of bringing that good into into the world. Yeah. Um, and that was a choice, like you didn't have to do that. Yeah. Or did you, I don't know. No, I was not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I did not have to do that. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, we're gonna visit, this is from your, um, your colleague, Melinda, yeah. and she said the one word, if she had to sum you up in one word, uh-huh. it would be creative. Oh. <laughs> Tell me about that. Does that resonate with you? Why or why not? Um, I, I like to get things that other people have done and just make it my own. So maybe Okay. Give me an example. Um, I don't, know, I don't know if this is silly, but like she shared her syllabus with me. And so I was going through and I was kind of tweaking things here and there. And then I just started changing fonts and I started adding graphics on <laughs> it. And I just kind of, I just started having fun with it. Yeah. So I just uh, added my own flair to it. And yeah. that's kind of with my classroom too. I just add my own flair to things that I've seen. I'll go on Pinterest and I'll mm. look at things and I'll enjoy what I see and then decide to change it to fit what I want or how I see it in my classroom as well. Mm. Yeah. So we're, we're gonna end with a couple of quotes that sort of, they're from different people, one's from Robin, one's from uh, Melinda, but they seem to be kind of like after the same type of principle. Um, so. The bonus question, Robin, when I said, anything else you want me to know, she said, why doesn't she stop? She's always going. And then she mentioned the cricket. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And she said, she can make the best (laughs) t-shirt. And then in the next sentence, she said, she's always four steps ahead of you. (laughs) And then I'm just gonna um, add that uh, Melinda said twice, your attention to detail and you're a very detail-oriented and you're a perfectionist when it comes to your job as a teacher. So how do you how do you reconcile those things of just being driven and always going and being four steps ahead of your principal <laughs> and being so, let me just read the quote from Melinda. She said, um, uh, everything is so organized and beautiful that you can't help but admire her talent. What do you make of that? Very nice. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I guess I just uh, I want to make sure that I'm doing my best for the driven piece, because mm. um, it's not really about me. At that, it's about those kids that are in my classroom. So I have to make sure that I'm always at my best, even when I don't feel like I'm at my best. I have to push through it because it's not for me 
it's for them. I do what I do for them. Mm. And the creative and the, that innovative piece, because I want, like, like my classroom, I, I want it to be, I, I tell the kids, it's our classroom home. This is our place. We're going to be in here for an hour together. This is our home. Mm. We have to respect it and love it and see how I decorate it. It's because I want you to feel at home. Mm. And so, yeah, so maybe it kind of all, I think, goes back to that, that I I realize that it's not about me. It's about them. Mm. And I want to make every experience that they have in my classroom, everything that they encounter be good because they deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's a, a very unique, um, and I mean, it's a choice. Like a lot of people could say, hey, I'm being paid to do this. I'm going to make sure they have the minimum, make sure my standards are high enough, and then stop. Mm -hmm. But there's, there's something that's driving you past that. And um, I don't know if you really like articulated what it is. You said it's for the students, mm -hmm. but what is it about that that you continue to push? Well, our reality is that they are what's going to be in politics. They're going to be our politicians. They're going to be our doctors. They're going to be our all of those things. So mm -hmm. if I put pour my best into them, I'm really pouring best into everyone's future. Mm. So if I'm giving them my absolute best, hopefully they'll remember that and they'll pour their absolute best into what they do in the future. Cause they are, it's so cliche, but they really are, the children are our future. <laughs> <laughs> they really are, because they're going to be taking over yeah. when when we're all done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Well, that's a good note to end on. I, I love it. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> this has been the Teacher Interview Podcast. Thank you for joining us.